Welcome, everyone. This is Michael Blue, and you've connected to the Fellowship of Kingdom Professionals, the podcast, where we are cultivating makers and shapers of culture. Prepare for a riveting time in the principles and practices of the King and of His Kingdom. You are about to be charged, challenged, and changed. I know you're ready. Let's go. What we're going to do is that we're going to go ahead and pray, and then we're going to make a few comments on some June observances, not many, just a few. Father, we thank you so much that you've made it possible for us to assemble. Once again, thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank you for the activity of our limbs. Thank you that we are clothed and in our right minds. Thank you that we have a sense of purpose, a sense of destiny, a sense of calling. And Father, we ask you in Jesus' name that you would sanctify us unto your purpose. Sanctify us unto your plans. Help us, Lord, to humble ourselves under your mighty hand that you might be exalted in our lives in due time. We ask you to cleanse us from all that is contrary to your will. And we pray, O oh God, that you would let us be clad afresh with the whole armor of God. We ask you, O oh Lord, that you would bless each professional as he or she goes about to fulfill purpose, to fulfill vocation. I ask that you would build that man, build that woman up in such a way that they will advance the kingdom of God in their area of profession and professionalism. Let them know that not only are you God of Sunday, but you are God of every weekday. And you desire that your same power, your same glory be displayed Monday through Saturday as it is through Sunday and Saturday for those who worship on the seventh day Sabbath. We ask you, Lord, that you would bless and keep each individual. Lord, show us your glory that we might know you. In Jesus' name, amen. I mentioned that we uh, talked about observances in the first session this morning and we <clears throat> really sort of got stuck on one Alzheimer's and brain awareness month Alzheimer's and brain awareness and then we'll say a little bit about this week um, I stated that in my youth when I first heard the term Alzheimer's I assumed, because most of the people who had the ailment were elderly, that they were saying old timers. That's what I thought was being said, old timers disease. In other words, once you become an old timer, it might bother your mind. I learned later that no, it was not old timers, but that it is actually a name associated with this particular kind of dementia and brain disorder, Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. Um, I can tell you that it is definitely Germanic. If it is not straight up German, it is definitely Germanic. You can just look at the structure of the name and tell that it's a Germanic term. Pastor Alford, good to see you, sir. Um, and if there are any of you that were at the wedding on this past weekend and who told me that 
we were meeting one another really for the first time. We, we appreciate your kindness and, and your being with us. All right. Um, so this month is a month and has been a month that deals with brain health and Alzheimer's. The brain is an organ that needs care just as the other organs of our bodies need care. The eyes, the ears, <clears throat> the lungs, just as they need care, the, the brain needs care. And it is possible for a person to have a malady or a disease or some ailment in the brain just as it is in any other organ. And I stated this morning that there were situations in which believers, even elderly believers, were indicted and incriminated by others who said they must not have been real, they must not have been authentic with God when they started having brain issues because the people were equating the brain and the mind. Now, God does have blessings for our minds. He really does. And he preserves the whole being. But just as someone being physically ill does not automatically mean that they're out of the will of God. Just because somebody has a problem with seeing or hearing and so forth, that does not automatically mean that person's out of the will of God in terms of his lifestyle. Or her lifestyle. We live in a house that is a dissolving house, according to Paul. We know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, this physical body is dissolving. Well, the brain is dissolving as well. Now, you say, don't say that, Brother Blue. No, I'm just stating what Paul said that, uh, and, and he said under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So I'm not claiming any kind of disease. That's not what I'm saying. You don't have to claim it because it's going to try to claim you that's what the devil does, and that's what the dissolving will do. But we understand that it's not a matter of an indictment. It's not a matter of there must be something wrong with your walk with God because you developed, like I said, I've seen elderly saints who developed um, mental issues, dementia, what have you, and people say, see, they, they must not be real because the Bible said, He'll keep your mind in perfect peace. Well, as I stated this morning, that's not exactly what the text said anyway. That's not exactly what it said. But secondly, <clears throat> you can claim the promises of God for a person's mind, but just like the fact that you got sick doesn't mean that you don't love God in your physical body, then the fact that somebody got sick in his or her mind doesn't mean automatically that he or she doesn't love God. And so, as a result of that, rather than getting something done to help the brain and even to help the mind, there are people who will uh, shun the help that, that God himself has made available because they think that to do so is to show a lack of faith. And that's the same thing that we've seen some of our patriarchs and matriarchs, we've seen them die prematurely because they thought that to go to the doctor was to demonstrate a lack of faith. Did you hear me? There have been 
true saints of God who died, who suffered and died prematurely because they thought that to go to the doctor was a sign of a lack of faith. They did not know that the same Jesus who heals, not, not another Jesus now, the same Jesus who heals by the laying on of hands and anointing with oil and the prophetic utterance and the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom and handkerchiefs and aprons, that same Jesus who gave the wisdom is the one who gave the wisdom to the doctor. Gave the wisdom to the surgeon. Gave the wisdom to all these others to the degree that they have wisdom. Now, they're quacks. That didn't come from God because he's not a hypocrite. But if they have true insight, that true insight came from God. The same Jesus who ministers through the supernatural is the same Jesus who ministers through the natural because all of it belongs to him. And all of it comes from him. But we allowed the enemy to divorce in our thinking the natural and the supernatural and we gave the supernatural part of it to God, the rest of it we gave to the devil, and the natural we gave to the devil or to humans, when it all belongs to God. Psalm 24, 1 says what? The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. Now, here's where you can get in trouble, by the way. When you begin to put more faith in the doctor than you have in God, when you begin to trust in the natural and not rely upon the Lord, now you're in trouble because now you're making an idol. You're making a false God. But the fact that you embrace all of God's resources, that doesn't make you uh, a hypocrite or a crook. Some of the greatest healing evangelists that we know of were under doctor's care, and some of them that were not under doctor's care needed to be under doctor's care. But they have the same issue that some of you have right now. They were scared that people would think they wouldn't have any faith. Because you see, people who don't know God, people who don't know the ways of God, figure it like this. They figure it like this. Okay, if God uses you to heal people, then why don't you heal yourself? If God uses you to heal people, then how could you possibly get sick? They don't understand the ways of God. They don't understand that the, the anointing upon you, that's what the healing gifts and so forth, that anointing that's upon you is not for you, it's for others. That supernatural ability to heal the sick that is upon you is upon you for others. Jesus said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty to them that are bruised. Jesus is not either one of those. He's not the poor. He's not the brokenhearted. He's not the captive. He's not the blind. So the anointing on him was not for him. It was for others. Does that mean the anointing won't heal you if you are? No, no, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But there's the anointing within and the anointing upon. And the anointing within you is for you, but the anointing upon you, that ministry anointing, is for others. And so it is very possible for you to help people to get delivered from things that you yourself are struggling with because you're a vessel. You're an earthen vessel. 
You follow that? All right, well, we're going further in that than we intended, but that's, 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 that's good. That's good. Brother Maurice, good to see you, sir. So, so never, never allow yourself to be intimidated by someone who says that because you saw God bless someone through your life, you saw God touch someone through your life, that if you need medication or if you need whatever you need, that somehow that's a sign of a lack of faith. That's foolishness. That's not a lack of faith. Like I said, some of God's choice servants have died prematurely because of that mistaken sense of a dichotomy between the natural and the supernatural or the secular and the sacred. It's a false, uh, it's a fallacious dichotomy. Fallacious in the sense of they're not antithetical to one another. They complement one another. All right. If you're going to, if you're going to claim promises of God with regard to your mind, then certainly, Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made, requests be made known to God, and the peace of God that passeth understanding shall keep, shall guard, shall protect your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. Paul in 1 Thessalonians uh, 523, that was Paul too, but 523, he says, I pray God that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless. And soul here is more synonymous to mind, not to brain. The brain is a physical organ. Brother Maurice, you're on the move, I understand. The brain is a physical organ. The mind um, is the composite of those things generated from and in the brain. And there's, there's a, a spirit connection to it as well. But, but the mind is distinct. It's, it's almost like the difference between, it's almost like the difference between the world wide web and the internet. Okay. The world wide web would be the, the juxtaposition of all the, the routers and, 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 and cables and computers and all those things, that's the World Wide Web. But facilitated by the World Wide Web is all of that data and all of that information, all of that that takes place, which is the Internet. They're distinct, yet they're interrelated. So, so, God does protect the mind, but you do what you can to protect that brain, you know, nutrition, rest, uh, avoiding uh, uh, anxiety and unnecessary stresses and stressors. We're talking about this because the month of June is Alzheimer's and Brain Health Awareness Month. And God will bless the brain. And God will bless the mind. Let's just know the distinctions. I would encourage you perhaps to go back to the replay when Brother Carlos will have posted it. Um, and and we we say a, a bit more in the in the first session than what we have time for uh, today. As you know, this week is June 22nd through 25th. The CCFM Conference 2022, the King Summit. 
And we encourage any and all of you who are able to be there in person to be there according to your enrollment. And if you're not able to be there, certainly join us on YouTube. Join us on YouTube. Um, the, the breakout sessions will be uh, given by Zoom, and that information will be put up. But, but the vast majority of the meeting will be openly shared on, uh, on YouTube. Our, 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 thrust, our thrust for this uh, session or series has been God of the Macrocosm. Psalm 34 and 3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. To magnify, sometimes we use the expression that to magnify means to make bigger. And so to magnify is to make God bigger. Well, you can't make God any bigger. I can't make God any bigger. He's infinite. What magnifying does is not to make anything bigger. In, in, the, most, in the most basic sense, magnifying doesn't make it bigger. Magnifying causes the view to be larger. And the purpose of the larger view is for clarity and perception. So to magnify God is not to make God bigger, but to make people's view of God bigger, clearer, that there may be, that there may be greater understanding and greater apprehension and comprehension of who he is and what his will is. Amen to that. Well, we have a magnifier with us this morning. We have someone who is one of God's magnifying lenses, one uh, that uh, God is using that as people see through the lens of his works and of his ministry, they can grasp God more largely and more clearly. I speak of uh, Bishop Noah Rocker. Uh, he is of Bessemer, Greater Birmingham, Alabama. And I'm not going to um, introduce him in greater detail. I'm going to ask him to give more detail, but he has been with us for quite a while, um, just supporting and, uh, and, and, and embracing what God has uh, imparted to us. And so we welcome all the way from Bessemer, Alabama, Bishop Noah Rocker. God bless you, Bishop. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Bishop, and God bless you. So glad to be with you this morning and all FKP. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, we are so glad for you. We are glad for you. And I must give a shout out, as they say, to Bishop Melvin Lambert, because That's it is great. through Bishop Melvin Lambert that I became aware of Bishop Rocker and of the great works. As a matter of fact, Bishop Lambert uh, told me so much about Bishop Rocker until after a certain amount of time, I felt as if I knew him. <laughs> and, uh, That's right. Uh, and he, uh, he, he boasted in the Lord concerning the great things that have taken place through Bishop Rocker's uh, life and ministry. So Bishop, thank you, sir, for uh, joining us and, um, I'd like to ask you to just give us sort of an overview of who you are. I know you all have seen his name. Those of you who are with us regularly, you've seen his name many, many times, and now you have an image and a voice to match. And so, uh, Bishop, speak to us concerning uh, just an overview of who you are, anything that you'd like to give us. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I am a native of South Alabama. I grew up in the Jackson community, which is just north of Mobile. 
and uh, raised by my sanctified Holy Ghost filled parents. Uh, they taught us the way of the Lord. Uh, there were six of us. I'm the only son of the uh, of the clan. And so uh, I, I have to say I'm quite spoiled when it comes down to <laughs> uh, being the uh, the family guy, the only son in the family. So God is God is great. Um, after high school graduation, I, trend, I went to the uh, Faulkner State Community College. Uh, after two years there, I transferred over to the University of South Alabama and completed my studies uh, in business administration with the human re resources concentration. Uh, that was in 06. I started my job with uh, Alabama Power Company, which is the uh, statewide utility uh, here for the state of Alabama. And I've uh, been with the company for 15 years now. Uh, on the, the 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 church side of things, I, like I said, grew up in the church. Um, the Lord saved me at an early age of 18 and filled me with his spirit and uh, called me to preach shortly thereafter. And um, yes, the, the, the way that God opened things, uh, opened doors for me and gave me ministry opportunities, uh, advanced pretty, pretty quickly uh, to the pastoral ranks. I was in 2010. And um, we started our ministry in the Graysville community, which is on um, the west side of, of Jefferson County. And uh, after a few years there, the Lord gave the commission to move from Graysville over to the Bessemer community. And uh, didn't really understand the, the plan of God or, or what God had in mind, but through obedience, um, God opened the door and we were able to, uh, to get in the community and uh, really uh, make an impact uh, upon those that, that we serve there uh, in the city of Bessemer. So God has been super kind to us. Uh, he's really uh, given us grace um, for this season. And um, one of the things, Bishop, I'll just say quickly, uh, one of the things that we we sought God over, we prayed about uh, early uh, in the pandemic was, God, how do we pivot? How do we begin to uh, remain relevant as a ministry in this day and in this hour? And so God gave me three areas of focus, and those were healthcare because that's that's really a uh, a point, or I should say, a lack of service. Uh, that's been provided in that community. So that was healthcare, that was workforce development, and then there was just the community development piece. So, so those are really the the focal points that we are are building around, building ministry around for that particular area. Awesome, awesome, sir. Thank you, thank you for sharing that. And I want to uh, go right there with the workforce development, community development, because that has been a thrust. Uh, of your outreach and inreach that has certainly intrigued me. But I'd like to ask you to sort of tell the story um, um, about the facility and so forth that brought this, there's a partnership. And, and those of you that are kingdom professionals, one of the things that you need to know, again, we, start, we, we started out talking about the fact that people give us false sense or have a false sense of a dichotomy between the secular and the sacred. One of the reasons why the enemy does not want us to embrace the natural or embrace the secular is because he knows that if a believer, if a man or woman who has a kingdom of God perspective uh, associates and aligns himself with those resources that belong to God, inevitably those things are going to turn in such a way 
that they glorify God, even ultimately resulting in the transformation of lives for the kingdom of God in the world to come as well as in this life. And so he fights that through ignorance. He fights that through deceit. But, but Bishop has a wonderful story that is an example of the kinds of linkages that God wants to do between the, the, the supernatural and natural, between the so-called secular and sacred. Speak to us, Bishop. I sure will. So uh, just to give you the story, um, we were we were in Bessemer looking for, for property, just trying to figure out, OK, well, Lord, where is it that that you want us to be? Uh, is it uh, a bill? I was looking to be honest. I was looking for a building that was comparable to the size that we had in Graysville. And I passed by the uh, the building that we're in now. And I was like, ah, that one day, but not two days. But uh, that was that was the place that God had ordained. Um, uh, at, uh, we did a 21 day fast. God opened the door, gave the finances. Uh, we were able to secure that property. And um, as as time went on, of course, uh, there were people within the community that started to notice that. The building was back open to the community because it was it was previously owned by uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses. And so, you know, you didn't get a lot of interaction or community and get really no community engagement from that standpoint. The building itself was built in early 1920s and was the uh, high school for the city of Bessemer. So and it was so, a, it was a, a building that seemed larger in scale than right. what you were looking for at the time. That's right. That's right. Okay. Because I didn't know the plan of God fully. Okay. I see. Yes, sir. <laughs> right. Right. So I, I, I remember a service where a young lady came by and she gave a word from the Lord to us that said that we would take that building and revert it back to its original purpose. And so I didn't really understand that uh, at the time. But about six months later is when we got the phone call from a community organization that was looking for an opportunity to create a partnership um, with a charter school, a public charter school. And just to kind of give you a frame of reference, uh, charter schools are not widely accepted uh, here in the, uh, the southern region of the United States. And so uh, it's, it's one of those situations where uh, th this gentleman was looking for uh, the opportunity to open his school uh, in the greater Birmingham area, uh, actually at the site of the, the Birmingham International Airport. And uh, things were working out fine, but, but of course the approval for that charter uh, was denied. Uh, and so he ended up coming to the Bessemer community to try to figure out how he could uh, still continue with his vision and how he would be able to do that. And so it was unique in that uh, we, we got the call from this agency. He had a need for the building. And so uh, through the process of conversations, he came by and he looked at the building. He said, this is perfect. This is absolutely what we need. So the door that was closed for him in the Birmingham community opened for him in the Vesper community. And the reason that we were able to create that partnership was that um, he, he actually he actually needed a space temporarily because he couldn't get his school up and running by August of this year. So we had the space. He's coming in. He's renovated pretty. He's renovating the, the, the bottom half of the building uh, and it's going to be used for uh, for the school there. So it, it was just a it was a perfect partnership 
uh, in all honesty, and it was a God partnership, one that God strategically created um, that we may be able to bring a subject matter into the Bessemer community where those children may not ever have been exposed, and, and that is aerospace and aviation. Talk to us about that community being exposed, the young people of that community being exposed to a level of technology and a level of learning that the likelihood of their being otherwise exposed would have been minimal. Talk about that subject matter and talk about the potential that this education is going to afford them. So the statistics alone, I think, uh, speak to how important it is for this school to be in the community. Um, I, I believe the largest percentage of pilots uh, in the United States today, uh, I want to say it's in the, the 80s. I, I, I don't have that with me, forgive me, but I want to say it's in the, the high 80s. Uh, it's white males. This is a predominantly black community. And so what this is going to afford uh, is, is our children, our children, our, our black children in this community to be able to have uh, the opportunity uh, to see what it means even to, to, to get on a plane, to fly a plane, to be exposed to uh, a drone, uh, to be exposed to an aircraft carrier, um, just aircraft mechanics, uh, you name it, from, from the creation of the aircraft to the maintenance of the aircraft to flying the aircraft, uh, all of these will be a part of the curriculum and the program. And so really what it's designed to do is meet that workforce development need that exists because now what we're running into is a shortage of pilots. Um, you probably have seen in the news the uh, oh, yes. flight cancellation. Right yes, yes. And a lot of people think, well, it's just fuel costs is so high. Well, you know, they can control the price of the tickets and, you know, really uh, make up the difference for the fuel costs. But really what it amounts to, they don't have the workforce. They don't have the labor necessary staff, uh, trained labor uh, staffed in order to, to make these flights and make these connections. So, so really what this is going to do is help uh, put a, a thrust of individuals into this field of uh, aerospace and aviation and help to kind of curve a, a lot of this shortage that we're seeing in the, in the workforce. Bishop, this that you're sharing with us is powerful on so many different levels. Now, um, someone mentioned something about an echo. I, I don't hear it, an echo, but if there's someone okay. who hears one, bring it to my attention. Um, so we don't want anything to take away from this presentation um, uh, because this is powerful. Listen, some of you will recall, well, first of all, the relevance of this, and, and, and remember, as we have this, this, um, as we have this conversation, um, as we have this conversation, we are sensitive to the relevance factor. The relevance factor is a major part of delivering our message. People, we stated last week, a week before last, that people are not reverent to what they do not find relevant. People are not reverent to what they don't find reverent. 
uh, relevant rather. And so the relevance factor is all the way 2022, June 20th relevant. That's pretty relevant. And yet some of you will recall, some of you who've been with us will recall that as much as a decade ago, certainly around that time, we were talking about the leadership void, about the fact that we were looking at statistics that tell us that the professional occupants of various leadership positions, that they're graying, that they're dying, baby boomers, etc., leaving the workforce. And we were talking about the fact that there is a vacuum, a void that creates a vacuum to suck in the less than desirables to be in positions of leadership and authority. I don't want to deal with the vacuum right now, just the void, the void. And so what it is that you are sharing, Bishop, is so helpful because it says to us that we can accept responsibility to help in filling that void by, by cultivating leaders. Now, they, um, they may not call it cultivating leaders. That's perfectly fine. They can call it whatever they want to call it. But we know that God is putting you and us in position to mold another generation so that the pilots that will enter into aviation in days to come, should the Lord tarry, will be those who not only have the technique of the pilot, but also the ethic of the professional, the ethic of the kingdom, right. which can make an eternal difference. So in other words, not only can they transport people through the heavens, but they'll be able to help transport them ultimately to heaven when that other is done. Go just a little further. I know our time is always constrained. Go ahead and speak to us a little bit uh, further. Uh, tell us about how things are going. You mentioned the renovation process, right. but talk to us just a little bit about how progress is being made. Yes, sir. So, um, so we, of course, uh, we're on target to open August the 22nd. Um, it's it's going to be phenomenal because there will be 130 ninth grade students uh, that will be in the building um, the, like I said, the renovations are on point to be completed next month. And um, one of the things that that uh, I appreciate most about this school is that um, we'll actually be able to see technology uh, come to these students. And again, we're talking about a super economically depressed area. Um, I believe I believe uh, wholeheartedly that this is one of the reasons that God directed us to uh, this particular city and region itself. Um, it, the, the nickname, just to kind of give you an idea, the nickname for this area is the cutoff. And so, in other words, all of the uh, resources, all of the uh, it, it's sort of cut off and it's it's to itself separated from the greater Birmingham area. And so I, I believe that by the the power of God, by the anointing of God, um, that we will work together with people within this city, within the region um, to make it a uh, as as the mantra uh, of the city is the Marvel City. 
uh, God will do marvelous things in this city. And so um, just, just by virtue of the opportunities to really focus in on the workforce development piece, because what we want to do is alongside this school, um, we also, because every, every child is not going to have an interest in uh, aviation and aerospace, but we know that technology uh, is here and is here to stay and it's only going to advance as we as we grow older and as you know the Lord delays is coming we're, we're going to see a highly technical world uh, whether or not people want to keep up with that or not and so what we what we want to do also is come alongside um, this this school and create an opportunity uh, just to give you an example one of the things that, we're starting this fall, uh, just that from the ministry side, uh, is a Girls Who Code program. And so this is going to teach them coding. This is going to teach them how uh, they can also have a career. They can have, uh, you know, an opportunity to go and, and to do some coding. God's favor is on it because all of the technology has been donated. It's been, been given to us. And so all we have to do now is establish our computer lab within the building, and uh, we, we get our, our young girls in there and, and it's for the uh, young boys as well. But this is an opportunity to really give them exposure to technology where a uh, majority of the, the students in the school system of Bessemer, they don't even have computers and technologies in their homes. They, you know, thankfully, uh, the state uh, worked with the city to create uh, free Wi-Fi across the city. Um, but again, what good is the Wi-Fi if you don't have the technology uh, to, to connect to that network? And so, again, these are just some things that we're really working toward uh, getting in that city and really shaking up. Uh, I, I always go back to what the Lord gave me years ago over in Genesis chapter one, uh, that we have dominion. The dominion mandate is that that has kind of been the driving force for me. Um, since we moved into that area to take dominion, to, to subdue it, uh, and, and, and really focus on reclaiming this city for the kingdom of God. I absolutely, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. I know that it is the will of God. I know that it is the purpose of God. And that's why, brothers and sisters, we refer to this as kingdom professionals. Everything that we do, we do it with an awareness that we are bringing men and women to confront and be confronted by the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And when we say, when Bishop uses the term dominion and dominion mandate, he's being biblical, number one. And number two, he is not to be confused with the so-called, so-called, dominionist <clears throat> who somehow thinks that that the kingdom of God will be forced onto people in, a, in, in sort of a militaristic political kind of framework. That's not what he's saying at all and that's not what any of us are saying. The Bible says that in the book of, so uh, King of uh, Song of Solomon written by King Solomon, his banner over me was love. We conquer by serving. That's one of the things we talked about in the first session. We conquer a setting. We conquer an environment by serving with the excellence of the king. That's how Jesus conquered. 
He said, he that would be great among you, let him be servant of all. And regardless of what arena it is into which one is placed, if you serve with excellence, you cannot be ignored. You cannot be overlooked. That in itself brings tremendous influence. So I just wanted to give that, that little comment. Bishop, this, this, this is absolutely overwhelming. Um, I'm grateful to, to bear witness and to be aware and conscious of what God is doing in a deprived and depraved, in, in some respects, no doubt, if it's like our areas, uh, region, God has placed a voice, God has placed a witness that is not going to the authorities and so forth saying, gimme, 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 but here's what we can provide, here's how we can serve and, um, and, 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 and give to bring excellence. As a matter of fact, this morning we talked about the fact that you are a gift and that God has placed gifts within you. And then he equips you to be a giving, gifted gift. And that's what's happening. Bishop Rocker is a gift. He has been imbued with various gifts. He and the congregation, his co-laborers, they are a gift. That ministry, the Fountain of Life Church, is a gift that is imbued with various gifts. And now God is making this gifted gift a giver in that community that's going to bring about glory and honor and praise to God. Well, Bishop, we have to say thank you. We have to say we appreciate you. We're going to have to hear more about this because this is an ongoing saga. And so we're excited about the next episode. We are excited about the update. Uh, brothers and sisters, can you come in the comments and let Bishop know how much we appreciate him having served with us? Bishop, I'm going to ask you to have a closing word and then I will will come back. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. And, and I appreciate you so much, Bishop, for allowing me uh, to share the platform with you this morning. Uh, I, I honor your ministry and uh, and all that you are, are doing uh, for the kingdom of God. And uh, let me just say to all the kingdom professionals, uh, continue seeking God. There, there is a way uh, that God will use you in a tremendous, uh, uh, it, it'll be a tremendous format. And so just continue to keep God first, commit your plans unto him. And uh, God will certainly, he will always come through for you. And so we're looking forward to uh, the next conversation, but, uh, but God bless you all. And I pray that you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much, sir, for sharing with us and the Lord be praised. This is, this is a wonderful example of what we mean and what we perceive to be God's intention for his men and women. Now, yes, Bishop Rocker is a bishop, but do you understand that he is not just a bishop? He talked about the fact, and, and he didn't even get into his role in the utilities, okay? He just dealt with this one aspect. But um, you don't have to be clergy as we use the term. You don't have to be five-fold ministry. All you have to be is willing and then allow God to equip and prepare you. There is a gift that God has placed within you, and there is a calling 
that God has placed upon you that is designed to influence some microcosm of God's macrocosm. He is God of the big picture. All things belong to him. And all things that belong to him need individuals that he can place in those individual aspects of what belongs to him. You follow? That, that his lordship, that his greatness, that his goodness might be made known. That community of Bessemer, some young person is going to get a bigger view of God. You understand? I think it's absolutely powerful that the highest technology in Bessemer and the most advanced workforce development in Bessemer will take place in the house of God. I, I think that's wonderful. I think that, you understand, the Bible says that a city that's set on a hill can't be hid. God will make it to be such that your contribution is indispensable, undeniable. I love that. I love that. It's, it's his glory on display. And get ready for it. Get ready for it. Get ready for God to do that in individual lives, for God to do that in various ministries, for God to do that through your family, for God to do that through wherever you are. You represent the king and his kingdom. All right? Well, we're just blessed. Bishop Rocker, once again, you have uh, encouraged us and you have uh, provoked us uh, here today. And, and, and brothers and sisters, more of this kind of conversation, more of this kind of conversation will characterize the conference. That doesn't mean that we would do it all exactly the same, but if you have ears to hear, you will hear God giving kingdom insight and kingdom perspective um, as you go forward. Your life matters. Now, uh, let me close with this. And this is not brand new to FKP. As a matter of fact, it doesn't need to be brand new because faith comes by hearing. Throughout the course of our lives, we will have various jobs. But remember the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3 and 9 that we are laborers together with God. We can have, I'll say, some do, some don't, but many have various jobs. But when we read Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 3, God gives us the privilege to learn of his agenda, of his work. Genesis 1, 2, and 3 make it very clear that God has the work of making a world. He creates the heaven and the earth, and the earth becomes the site, S-I-T-E, for the system, which is the world. The world is God's earthly macrocosm. It is a system a mega master system comprised of many smaller 
interrelated systems. And what we read beginning in Genesis 1 all the way through Genesis 2 is his creating of the earth to make a world. In chapter 3, we have the tragic scene in which the world falls because the one who was the steward of the world fell. Because mankind failed, all of creation fell into corruption. The Bible calls it in Romans chapter 8, the bondage of corruption. But God introduces to us in Genesis 3.15 that he is not going to leave his world in corruption. Now he reveals the second aspect of his work which is making the world better. Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, he makes the world. In Genesis 3, when the world is plunged into corruption, degradation, and sin, he unveils the second work, and that is, or the second aspect of the one work, to make it better. And what I see in that macrocosmic perspective of God is the microcosmic perspective and perception of your and my calling. We are called to make a world and to make a world better. That is, we are called to shape some system. Bishop Rocker is in the system of the church ministry, but he's also in the system now of education. Various ones of you that under the sound of my voice, there's a certain system that you're called to. You're called to help make that system you are called to undergird, reinforce that system. But then not only that, you're called to make that system better by your innovation, by your creativity, because all the systems of man are to some extent broken. You see, he's in the educational system, but the educational system has the privilege of feeding into the aeronautics aviation system, which at this very moment is broken. All the systems of mankind, all the systems of humanity, all the systems of the world are broken. But God places you in to either make a system that previously didn't exist for you to introduce something that hasn't been seen or to take what already is seen and take it to the next level. You are called to either be a world maker or a world shaper. Thus, we use the expression makers and shapers. In culture, you and I are called to be culture makers and culture shapers. The, the culture of Bessemer, Alabama, is being shaped and reshaped by this effort that uh, this ministry is undertaking along with the educational company there as well. Do you see it? That's your calling. He is God of the macrocosm. He is our God. And he calls us to come alongside him in partnership to microcosmically help bring to pass what he is doing macrocosmically. Can you see it? Well, our time has come and gone. I want to thank you for sharing a portion of yours today. I encourage you to go forth today and lead. This is Michael Blue inviting you to do so, in exhorting you to do so. Go forth today and lead. Make the name of Jesus Christ glorious. Make the career of Satan brief 
and miserable. Together, we are committed to bring pleasure to Christ's heart and fame to his name. Until we meet again at the appointed hour, my dear brothers and sisters, may the peace of our God go with you. Thank you for listening to the Fellowship of Kingdom Professionals, FKP, the podcast. If you'd like more engagement, click the link in the show notes to join like-minded professionals in the FKP Facebook group. Follow us at Bishop M.A. Blue on all platforms. Also join the FKP Weekly Conversation Live every Monday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Finally, be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. May God bless you until we meet again.